When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! Good. Come on, Monday morning, football fans. Thanks for being here with us on Birds 365. You got your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald, here to hang. Johnny Mac, how was your weekend? Um, spectacular. It'd be nice if we could get through a day where it doesn't rain, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen for a while. It's April, right? April showers, isn't it? The old thing. Now it's uh, all of a sudden June. Uh, it's crazy. Well, we uh, had a whole bunch of time that we didn't have rain, so it actually was kind of needed. But, uh, yeah, it can deter your plans a little bit, depending on what you're doing. It's okay by me because yesterday, well, two days in a row, really, I got sucked into reading a book. Uh, Harlan Coben is one of my favorite uh, mystery. Jersey guy. Yeah, Yeah, he's a big-time Jersey guy, and I've even had him on uh, my show on CBS Sports Radio because he does delve into the sports world every once in a while. Uh, so his latest novel was out, and I just could, got sucked into it, and I couldn't put it down. But uh, I don't read near nearly as much as I used to, but I did plenty of reading this week. So I didn't miss out on anything in the National Football League, John. This truly is summer vacation because there's nothing going on in the NFL, not even any gambling issues because nobody's at the facility, so you can't get in trouble for that. 
that nobody's playing National Football League games, so you can't bet on that. You can't get in trouble for that. It's nothing going on, Johnny Mac. Yeah, I mean, this is it. This is, you know, the one lull in the calendar. And as I say, your biggest concern is off the field stuff. There's always, you know, with the NFL, it's, uh, you know, people need their NFL. So they create stuff. And, you know, there's still some Jalen Hurts, Sportsman of the Year from uh, BET, uh, uh, Carson Wentz, Shooting Black Bears. There's always something. I was flipping my dials and saw that the BET awards were on. Yeah. Jalen got an award award earlier in the show. He he won Sportsman of the Year. Really? Um, Congratulations. So, you know, uh, yeah, congratulations. It's kind of like an SB. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it means, but congrats. It's better than not winning. Exactly. I like that. Uh, uh, but he won that. You know, you got Carson Wentz. You, you got all the Yanks with Stephon Diggs. You got, you always got some little things. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is the one lull in the NFL calendar and they do it purposefully. I've always said this, this league set up the calendar so brilliantly because, you know, Super Bowl goes right into uh, hiring season and free agency and all that stuff. Then you got the draft right after it. Then you're back on the field with many camps and OTAs, not, not in Philadelphia, but in most cities, uh, OTAs at least. And, uh, they, they're, they're always on the front page and, and then you take, the six weeks off, five, six weeks off. And you still have all the other stuff. You got guys working out on their own. You got, you know, Lane Johnson, offensive line masterminds. You got tight end university, which was again in Nashville. You have, you have all this stuff. Uh, but this is the one point where there is a, a legitimate lull, at least from an organizational perspective, because, you know, everything's about the CBA and you can't have players in. So that's, it is what it is. Right. So we attempt to correct, uh, just uh, create uh, stuff to talk about. And we got a couple of good guests. We'll do just that. Give us a helping hand with that. Uh, Jeff Curran, Ed Kratz jumping on in the next. Uh, oh, by the way, new new executive director coming for the NFLPA. That's a big story, but we don't know who it's going to be. But uh, that that's a big off the field story. Uh, that's going to come down pretty soon, I would think. Um, yeah, what's the time frame on that? Um, uh, it, 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 I, I don't think there's an official time frame, but right. I think it's going to happen, you know, before uh, things start up again. So, um, it, 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 you know, D. Smith has been there for a while, um, and there's going to be a shift, and and who knows? Maybe it's, uh, you know. J.C. Treader's the president. He's not playing anymore. Who knows? You know, I I, I don't even know who the candidates are. It's probably going to be more of a organizational person, but uh, that that'll be a big story moving forward, uh, at least for people that are interested in the off the field stuff. Uh, I think you have to be interested in the off the field stuff because it affects the on the field stuff. But uh, once I get a little closer, we'll probably talk about it that much more. All right, let me touch on one thing that you did bring up. And that's the social media backlash that Carson Wentz is facing because he posted a picture of him uh, successfully hunting, I guess, was in Alaska. Did he get an Alaskan bear uh, that he bagged and, and uh, took a photo of and put up on social media? I'm not a hunter, John. I've never been a hunter. 
I fired a rifle once in my life with my college girlfriend's father out in her backyard because they lived out in uh, East Jabip and they wanted to me out yeah. and uh, show me how to shoot a gun. I did. I picked my shoulder up off the ground and said, I'm going back <laughs> in the house, and I never shot another rifle again. So I'm the wrong guy to talk about this. I've been a city kid my entire life. I understand hunting. I get hunting. I've got a couple of friends that are pretty uh, dev big devotees of hunting. It doesn't affect me. doesn't move my needle, needle one way or the other. But to me, the significance of this story is Carson Wentz just doesn't get it. That I'm not telling me can't hunt, shouldn't hunt, that what he did was wrong. No, I got no uh, gripe. I got no issues. I got no problems. I just, it's not for me. But he's an out-of-work quarterback who wants to get back to work, who is motivated to get one more chance in the National Football League, and yet he wants to show the world what a great hunter he is. We thought you were trying to be a great quarterback. Who, if you're talking about your football capabilities, who cares if you can hunt or not, Carson? Does he not understand that this probably doesn't play well with the football fans out there? His fellow hunters probably go, Ooh, nice job. That's a hell of a bear you got. Are, are you out there to impress your fellow hunters or is your still number one goal to become an NFL quarterback? And if that's the case, people are going to be saying, why, why aren't you working on your throwing, Carson? You heard you spent some time with Gruden. You took down Gruden time to go kill a bear. He is one of the more talented players who just doesn't get it. He's got no social grasp of what's going on around him. And I think we saw another big example of that this week. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm torn on this one because I, I think people are way too quick to uh, insult people that do things that they don't like. Uh, um, and uh, I'm not a hunter. I'm with you. I've never hunted a day in my life. I don't like it. In fact, I'm, I'm an animal lover. I love animals. Uh, so I don't get it. I don't want to be a part of it. Um, but at the same time, I, I really have a problem with people that, that jump down his throat because he enjoys some. I mean, he's from the Midwest. I lived in the Midwest for years, and I was a fish out of water because I'm like you. I'm from here. Now, I'm not a, a city kid, but, you know, I'm around, I've been around major cities my entire life. Um, and, and it's not for me. Um, at the same time, uh, I, I, I agree with you in the fact that there's a PR perspective and you have to understand the society you're in and that's where it is. And it goes much farther than football with the incredible, incredible polarization. People want you to agree with them. And, and it's something as simple as football, which is supposed to be entertainment. If I say something that people don't like, Marcus, again, was on the show last week. Aggregator took what he said out of context when he called Jalen Hurts insecure. He was actually complimenting Jalen Hurts. Used the term insecurity. I don't necessarily agree with that term that he used, but he used it purposefully. He has no problem with it. I understand what he's trying to say. They completely leave out the context. Everybody's jumping down his throat. They want you to agree with what they think. And, and, and this is far too many people in the world about things as meaningless as, as sports, excuse me, Jody, never mind actual issues. I don't like it, but I realize it. 
And if you're a if you're a quarterback and and you're a high profile person, look, just do what you like to do, but just leave it on the back burner. Don't put it out there for everybody to see. That's the advice I'd be giving Carson Wentz if I were his agents and saying, look, dude, I mean, there's a bunch of people that are going to jump down your throat for this. Just, just, you know, don't put it on Instagram, wherever he put it. I, I think it was, I, I don't know. But don't put it on social media. Just go with your brother's. You know, he had a hunting show for a while. He likes hunting. Again, I don't, I don't, I'm not going hunting. You know, I'm, 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 I'm not a big fan. I, I, but he's, he's got to understand in the position that he wants to be in, the position he was. He got in trouble here for posting a picture about with his dogs and, and a bunch of dead ducks that he hunted. I mean, why not learn from that? Yeah. So I'm with you. I mean, you got to learn from mistakes. And in the case of that, keep it off social media. See, we have to agree here. Um, again, I've never hunted. I'm not going to hunt. I'm not going to become a hunter, but I'm not going to hold it against someone who wants to hunt. To me, it's not a hunting thing. It's a not preparing to become an NFL quarterback again thing. Let's say something that people don't have a problem with. If there's a percentage of the population that does have a problem with hunting, going to the beach, drinking cocktails with umbrellas in it. If he went on social media and that's all he put up 20 pictures of him sitting around drinking different cocktails and getting a sunburn because he's a little fair scared to begin with, that would bother me just as much. I'm not saying he can't go to the beach, but do you need to advertise on social media that you're out there doing something other than getting ready for the football season? All right. As long as it, me is he has no concept of the fact that people follow him on whatever social media platform he chooses. You, uh, you're right. I think it was Instagram. People aren't following Carson media, uh, Carson Wentz on Instagram for his hunting photos. They're following him because he's an NFL quarterback because he almost was the MVP of the league one year. You got to know your audience, Carson. You got to play to it or play away from it. And he's got no freaking clue what he's doing. Well, as long as you're, you're talking about the ad, the advertisement of it, because people don't, you know, we, we talked about this with Gannon leaning up to the Super Bowl, these insane lunatics who think, you know, 24 seven got to be locked in 24 seven got Especially in the law, people do go on vacation. Even Jalen Hurts, he's not working every moment of every day. He's got a tremendous work ethic. You know, one of the guys who worked harder than anybody, um, and when I was covering the NBA and early, and I got tremendous respect for was was Magic Johnson, who who came into the league as a pretty poor shooter and left it as a ninety percent free throw shooter. Guy was always in the gym. Well, Magic was also having some fun as well, as we all know. Um, it, it, I, I don't understand these people. These are these are young men. They don't they don't just do football twenty four seven. All right, and, and people that expect that are insane. So as long as you're talking about the advertising part of it on social media, which I was talking about the same thing, just from a hunting perspective, just leave it off. Yes, you know, that's you know, the point. As you do Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, perfect example. 
every every summer it was a tradition it was like the masters a tradition like any other you go out on the court make a couple threes and everybody would be like oh he's working hard no he's not he's just putting it on instagram for you to see and he never improved one iota as a shooter in fact he regressed as we all know um so as long as you're talking about that part of it the mentality that these guys are oh you got to be you got to be with Gruden every day every moment every day. That doesn't exist, Jody. With the hardest workers in the world, that doesn't exist. People have family lives. He's got a wife. He's got kids. That doesn't exist. Now, I'll be the first one to tell you one of the issues is he went out to work with Tom House, um, and, and that's when he got a spike in success, and then he stopped doing it, and that's when it came down. That year, he wasn't working out with him every day. He was out there for a week, 10 days, and they're trying to get his mechanics better, and they did. And he stopped doing that. That's legitimate criticism. The 24-7 bullshit, that's unrealistic. And, and, and people are nuts if they think that of anyone, of it, anyone. You are correct, it is, but it's what you advertise. It's what you put out there. Nobody knows what everybody does 24-7, uh, and nor should they. And if you think you should know, or uh, that's their job to uh, inform you on what they're doing 24-7, shut up. You have no control over someone else's life. You make your own decisions when you go to social media. You decide what you're putting out there for the world to see about your life. And my point is, Carson Wentz, an unemployed quarterback, comparing him to Jalen Hurts, who's coming off a... Uh, season in which he was the runner-up for the MVP isn't a fair comparison. Jalen Hurts just signed a $100 million contract. He's set for life. He's going to be good. Carson Wentz is unemployed. So when you're an unemployed quarterback, you're a little bit more under the microscope as to what you're doing when you're not on the football field and a 27, 24-7 aspect to it. And he decides he wants to advertise to the world, yeah, I'm not working on my quarterback skills. I got to go hunting. That's just dumb. It shows that Carson Wentz has been less uh, self-aware than a quarterback needs to be if he wants to be a $100 million quarterback. An athlete needs to be if he wants to be a $100 million athlete. It just typifies what Carson Wentz's career was, that he decided he was going to show the world that he's doing something other than preparing for an upcoming season when he doesn't even have a team to prepare for. That's the point I'm trying to make. And that's where I think you can say, what are you doing? Why, why aren't you working on – he's unemployed, John. Magic Johnson's one of the greatest players ever. Uh, Jalen Hurts had uh, the, the second – Well, no, I'm not, I was a, using – I'm not comping them as players. I'm comping the work ethics, the assumption that people work 24-7 on the, even the greatest, the, the, the Michael Jordans of the world. You Guess what? Michael gambled a lot. Uh, so when he was gambling, he wasn't working on his game, but he worked on his game more than anybody else. That's what I'm comping. Um, that doesn't exist. People make that up in their minds. It does not exist. Now, with social media, I'm the first to say all these guys, A, get the hell off social media. B, it's a branding thing, and I get, you know, they have marketing groups. First of all, let the professionals do it. Hire somebody to do it. Um, make sure you're putting positive things out there that I agree with wholeheartedly, you know, you know, don't be CJ Gardner Johnson tweeting and deleting, doing it yourself, going on Twitch and 
saying shit and then having to delete it 10 seconds later. Uh, if you're going to do it, let the professionals do it. And especially if you're a quarterback, um, A, stay the hell off it, number one, and B, let your marketing team and all that handle it. That's what Carson Wentz didn't do this weekend, and that's why I think it's it's fair for any of the pot shots he's taken. You kind of brought this on yourself, Carson, because if you didn't know that there was going to be some feedback, negative feedback because of this, yeah, like John says, get some help. Let a professional do it for you. All right, we've got a professional writer coming up next yet. Oh, we've already got one in John McMullen. Uh, we've got another one who's going to join us next. Our pal Jeff Kerr from CBSSports.com going to do a Monday drive-by here with us on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. Go to right, go to left, fake them up. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Monday 
get together here on Birds 365. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, and sure enough, with his Red Phillies uh, golf shirt on, it's Jeff Kerr joining us here on CBS Sports Radio. Where do you get that one, Kerr? Uh, I got plenty of them, Jody. Um, yesterday's game, let me just tell you, I was probably one of the most miserable people in that ballpark until the eighth inning. Um, well, yeah, you're watching Kyle Schwarber hit 180. So, you know, it turned. John, you were the, you have enjoyed me on uh, one of the Phillies. I mentioned how bad Kyle Schwarber is as a baseball player, and I had someone tell me, A, never played baseball before, which is far from the truth, and B, Moneyball dictates Kyle Schwarber is actually a valuable player, and I'm like, get out of yeah. here with that. No, That's okay. a, well, you know, I mean, and I always give Theo Epstein tremendous credit uh, because Theo – is a legend in that industry for people that don't know, and he should be. Two curses. He 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 stopped them both. Yeah. Um, I mean, talk about a Hall of Fame executive. That's Theo Epstein. But you know what? He also admitted, guess what? That version moneyball, it also made the game less aesthetic. I talk about it all the time in football. Same thing. When you turn everything into a math equation. You know, math, think about when you were in school. Some people love math. The math nerds, most of us hated it. I, I still remember my last college math course was one of the greatest days of my life when I finished that stinking thing. I didn't want any part of it. Who knew? It'd be in sports would be math, 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 math. Um, he admitted, hey, some of us, the, the Theo Epstein uh, ilk, have to take, you know, stock in that this game's not as entertaining and that's partially our fault so it's a it's sort of a an interesting dichotomy and i bring that up because the nfl is the same way you know better athletes all that stuff is true game's not as aesthetic game's not as pretty because it's become boiled down plus one right it's plus one on offense plus one on defense when we talk about jalen hurts rpo plus one Defense, Vic Banjo scheme plus one on defense, back end of the defense. It's not as pretty. It's not as pretty as Bill Walsh. Not as pretty as old school baseball when you're stealing bases and getting people over, hit and run. Uh, not as pretty. I'm just throwing it out there. Guys, but, but when you bring the NFL into it, John, weren't you one of those who said they should keep the tush push in place? Talk about non-aesthetic. That might be like the most boring play in the national. Well, I, I said the Eagles should be arguing for it to be outlawed because I think they're going to be successful anyway because of the quarterback. Um, and I think other teams are going to copycat it. And, and so it's a little counterintuitive. But, yeah, it's ugly. I mean, Peter King brought that up. He said just from the aesthetic point, standpoint, you should ban it. I think you should ban the bubble screen. It's the ugliest play in the world till it works. But you got like you do it seven times. It's ugly, 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 ugly. And then bang, you hit one and it's exciting. But overall, it's an ugly play. Let's be honest. It's a, it's a give and take. Look, teams, and I don't blame Theo Epstein. I don't blame Billy Bean. I don't blame Howie Roseman. I don't blame executives because their job is to win games. That's it. You, if you if you find a, a, a cheat code, your job is to win games. For leagues, 
their job is to make it entertaining for everybody. And if they see something that is ugly, like going back to baseball, I've, I've advocated easiest fix in the world, ban the shift, ban it. Two guys on both sides of second base, ban it. Easiest fix in the world. And they did it. They finally did it. It took them forever. That's just one thing, you know, but to me, it took way too long. Um, it's a league's, their, their, their goal is different. Their goal is to make it entertaining for the fans. And I think every single major league, and I'm not, I don't know about hockey, so I can't talk about hockey. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, less aesthetic than it used to be. Better athletes, better individual uh, players because everything evolves, but the games themselves are are uglier. I'll go uh, further with the NBA point. So a couple years ago, I actually was it a couple. No, it was when the Sixers traded for James Harden, and I saw this social media backlash about three throws are bad for the game. What are you talking about? They're part of the game. All they try to do is go line. I'm like, that's all I tried to do when I played basketball. I, I definitely wasn't scoring. I'm 5'6. I definitely wasn't scoring off six foot four, six foot five guys. I I had to go to the line. It, it, you drive the lane, you hope they foul you. And I was an 80% three throw shooter. You make two and you, you go to the other side of the court. It's, yeah. I, well, well, well basketball is probably the least, the easiest to understand because it became. All about threes. I've told Jody in the past, I mean, the most exciting basketball time for me is watching Mo Cheeks run the break and either Doc or or Bobby Jones slamming it down. Now what happens? Somebody gets out on the break. You got guys veering to the three-point line. Um, Not nearly as exciting. um, But if if you think about it from the math standpoint, when you get the nerds involved, if you shoot 40% from three, Think of it four of, of 10, which is nothing for a Steph Curry, somebody of that nature, top tier shooter. Uh, you got to shoot 60% from two. So that's what it became. That's what it became. You have a better chance to win the game if you keep heaving up threes. Um, and hey, but math was never fun. <laughs> it's for some, fun for some people, but uh, yes. I got a whole for the minority. I, I, I'm one of them. I, I was a math guy, so uh, good on you. And that's how do you incorporate math into uh, bowling? Uh, that's that's where I uh, get off the train. <laughs> math is fine. Why does it need to take over sports? That that's an issue. Do you have any math uh, algorithms that help you throw strikes, Jeff? Carr? Well, so so what a lot of bowlers do now is there's an app. It's called PinPal. And they do the math for you, and it calculates your strike percentage, your spare conversion rate, and overall, it just kind of helps your game. Like, so good bowlers, they probably strike about 60% of the time. I'm, I'm about 55 to 57. So you want to get in the 60 range because the more strikes you get, obviously, the higher average. But there's, ton- there's tons of math in bowling because the strike is 10 pins plus the next two shots you bowl compared to a spare. So, you know, if you get a spare and then a strike, you're getting 20. But – if you get two spares, you get whatever you get on your first count. So say I bowl a spare and then I get a nine, I get 19. But if I get a spare and if I just keep getting strikes, that's 30 pins to my total. That's right. the ultimate goal. You want to get despite, a straight strike. 
Despite being math deficient, I can figure that out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I have two shots yeah, after no, the no, one nothing shot changed. Nothing I, changed. I don't need ball. to go to my iPhone for that. <laughs> I can figure that one out all by myself. All right, let me ask you another math question. Is the math for Dalvin Cooks and uh, – why am I forgetting? DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins. Um, does the math now say don't even think about signing? Wait till training camp? Don't, you don't need to put in that extra time. Week two, week three, give yourself two weeks before the camp. Does the math say or just common sense say if you don't have the offer that you like right now, you're better off waiting till after somebody gets hurt in training camp? Oh, he should wait. Absolutely. And that's what DeAndre Hopkins is doing right now, right? Like he ha- he has offers from Titans and Patriots, but in the back of his mind, hey, you know what? Let's wait a bit here because I got five weeks. And that's what Dalvin Cook should be doing too because he's going to have offers. He's going to have teams interested in him. I mean, what, what you got now? The, the, he's got the Dolphins in play for himself. I'm sure the Jets want him. there's going to be other teams and every team's going to need a running back at some point, especially if they don't like their running back situation. They're going to give him the money he wants. If he's looking for 10 million a year, he might get it. He still is. He's going to get 10. He might. I I don't think he's getting 10 from anybody. He's the only running back to run for a thousand yards in each of the last four years. And he can catch the ball out of the backfield. That's part of the problem though, because if he's run it, he's touched it so much. And we know how this league, um, thinks about guys who have touched it a lot. Do you, do you guys right, think his right brother you guys think his brother will try recruiting the Buffalo? No. No, because his brother wants to play. Yeah. Um <laughs> that's true. Not, James is if, gonna be another if one. If he played back. another position yeah. other than his position, he'd be recruiting the hell out of him since they play the same position. Yo, bro, where you going? As long as it's not and, Buffalo. And, and, and yeah, in fact I would think Dalvin would want to steer clear unless, you know, there's no other options. Um, you know, because he wants to let his brother have a chance as well. Um, so I, I think that would kind of hurt Buffalo, but yeah, I, 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 that position is, is just, man, I don't know why anybody, we talked about this a little last week, Jeff, why anybody coming up, um, you know, back in a different era, it was the high profile position. You had that era in college football where the Heisman was running back, running back, running back, running back, running back. It was a running back award. Um, now, I don't know why young players want, would want to play running back. You know, if you have talent, go go be a quarterback, go play wide receiver. Um, why would you want to play running back? I'll even say this for college, and I know this for a fact with James Franklin. He recruits as many running backs as he can, and the ones he gets, he keeps them all happy because they're barely getting the touches that they normally would get. And he said, look, I'm trying to get these guys in the NFL. I'm trying to make sure they have as long NFL careers as they can. If I can limit that in college, I'm going to do that. That was a big thing with Miles Sanders when he came in. He barely got the ball in college, and he's doing that now with Nick Singleton and uh, Katron Allen. He's got a couple other guys coming in. He's going to be splitting carries between his backs, and he's got NFL running backs right now on his college roster. And I think a lot of college coaches are starting to, to go toward that trend because of the shelf life of that position. Yeah. That would surprise me if that actually works out that uh, it's successful and Penn state running backs are going high, despite the fact that they don't have many, uh, that sounds like a risky proposition to me, but again, too much math. Screw the math. We don't want to do math here. Let me ask you about the math of the Philadelphia Eagle linebackers. 
John and I have talked that the depth will do so through the entire season as uh, to whether their two linebackers, starting linebackers are good enough. We believe that Kobe Dean will be, although we don't have much evidence of what happened last year. And Nicholas Morrow is the other starting linebacker. <clears throat> is Morrow going to be the guy week one? Are the Eagles going to go out and get another linebacker? Is this the year Davion Taylor comes out of nowhere and justifies his draft status from a couple of years ago? Uh, how confident are you in the Eagles linebackers today as we sit here on June 26, Jeff Kerr? Outside the Kobe Dean, I'll give it a two. I don't think Nicholas Moore is going to be a starter on this team week one. He doesn't even have a guaranteed contract. He doesn't guarantee money. You don't want to talk about math. I, I do think that they're going to at least try to add somebody. And, you know, John and I saw this firsthand last year with the safeties in, in training camp. You know, you saw Jaquaski Tart, you saw Anthony Harris. And I remember, I think I did, it was my second to last 53 man roster prediction or my last one. I said, you know, the guys that I have, I put to be determined. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I don't know what these guys are actually going to be on the team. And I think, you know, Christian else is going to be on the team. I think, Davion Taylor, I, I don't know. I mean, he had a good camp last year, and then he got hurt. Uh, Morrow's a wild card here. I, I, I don't know. I just don't trust Morrow as a starter. I, I, I think it's going to be the Kobe Dean and somebody else. Yeah, my only uh, locks at linebacker, I just did my locks heading into training camp, where Nicobe and Christian Ellis, they're going to be on the team. Anybody else, um, you could see a path where they're not on the team. And everybody, Nicholas Morrow, Sean Bradley, Davion Taylor, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and by lock, I mean 100%. They're going to be on the team barring injury. Nicobe's going to be on the team. Christian's going to be on the team. Christian might just be a special teamer, but he's so good there, he's a lock to make the team. Or he might be a starting linebacker. We did have Brad Spielberger on. Brad, I bought into something Brad said, because I bring that up all the time. The Eagles didn't give Nicholas Morrow any guarantee money. And they gave, if you look at that whole group, those one-year guys who signed for $2 million, a little bit over $2 million, Terrell Edmonds of the world, Alameda Zacchaeus, uh, uh, Rashad Penny, Justin Evans, they all got five hundred to six hundred grand. I think Alameda got six fifty. He was the high point. Um, they all got something uh, to sign. Nicholas Morrow didn't get anything to sign. But he signed very early, as Brad pointed out. And remember where he's coming from, um, Chicago. Worst team in football. Um, worst defense in football. Worst defensive line in football. And he had a pretty good season. He was a pretty good player on a bad team. And from his perspective, you know, he probably could have waited and gotten a Terrell Edmonds deal from somebody else. But, you know... He gets to play on behind the best defensive line in football. You go from the worst to the best if you perform, and then you're right back on the market, and maybe you get a better deal. I bought into that partially. I could only buy into it partially because, well, six hundred fifty grand guaranteed is essentially nothing as well. So either way, this isn't. A, a great player, but on the Eagles and DJ Elliott said this, Jeff, he said, we asked him what, what the main thing is about being a, a good linebacker. And he said, tackling. And I don't know if that's his thought or 
the Eagles thought. And he's because, not really that good of a tackler either. Well, he he led Chicago in tackles. He's not a traditional downhill, you know, he's a safety. He's a safety yeah, yeah, turn linebacker. Um, but he wraps up well. Uh, and I, I think that's all the Eagles want. That's he all did they miss, want. He did miss a lot of tackles this year, but also adding on to what we talked about last week with the Eagles and their run defense, they really don't seem to mind that. So I think that kind of favors Nicholas Morrow. Yeah, well, yeah. We're yeah, the one thing, well. and, and hearing from Spielberg is a guy who works at uh, Pro Football Focus, and they really do in-depth uh, tape work and evaluation of the players. Just going by tackles can be misleading. Because oh. if you're a linebacker and you make a tackle nine yards downfield, guess what? That's a tackle. It's not friggin' good because you're nine yards downfield. Now, if you're a linebacker who's making a tackle and the ball carrier's only picking up two yards, it's the same thing on a piece of paper. Speaking of math, it shows up one tackle for a player. Yeah, a little bit better making it two yards past the line of scrimmage than the nine yards past the line of scrimmage. So a lot more goes into it. And that's why I think Nicholas Morrow is not guaranteed anything. It wasn't like he was making plays behind the line of scrimmage all that often last year. All right, Jeff Kerr. This will uh, get some Eagle fans blood pumping. We are but a month away from the opening of training camp. And then John McMullen and or Jeff Carr will have a chance to go down and watch Eagles practice for limited amount of times, some longer than others, some limited. And the Philadelphia Eagle fans, except for a handful that are allowed in as special guest invitations, will see Diddley. Except for a couple of uh, practice, is it one practice this year at the stadium, John? One, yeah, one, one practice at the stadium where there will be mass attendance. I just saw an article about the Ravens uh, that they're going to have eighteen open practices this preseason. The Eagles are having one. Understood. They've moved into the Novacare complex and not going back. It's not going to be on a college campus. But are the Eagles shortchanging their fan base? The passion for this football team in this town is off the charts. If it wasn't, there wouldn't be a Birds 365 that all three of us would be on right here, right now. Are the Eagles doing the Eagle fan base justice by keeping their practices and attendance as limited as they do? I'll just say this growing up as an Eagles fan. One of the reasons I became an Eagles fan they were not good when I really started getting in the football. Now, I, I remember the 95 team well, and them going to the playoffs in 96-team, but when they went to Lehigh, I would go to at least four or five training camp practices a year. My dad would take me, and that's what got me into it. And that's how I knew Bobby Hoying wasn't good or, you know, George Hegeman pushing the sled, you know, stuff like that. It's that – those bad Eagles teams – they, they weren't enough to convince you, especially like, you know, a nine, 10 year old kid, but going to camp and seeing those guys meeting Bobby Taylor, meeting Brian Dawkins. Yeah. That got you into it. And you got to see those guys grow up and get to be a really good team. You know, seeing Donovan McNabb as in, in a rookie year, all that stuff, fans coming out. It was part of the fun of training camp and that's gone. That's been gone for a decade now. Basically the only reason I, I feel some, at least a younger generation of Eagles fans is because they win all the stinking time. They win all the time, but you don't get a chance to meet, you know, Jalen Hurts. You don't, you don't get that opportunity now. It's 
it was basically walk up to a player or they'd be in the autograph tent. You just waited in line for 20 minutes. Oh, here, Jalen Hurts. Here, um, you know, <clears throat> A.J. Brown. Here, Devonta Smith. Here's a helmet. Sign it. Here's a football. Sign it. You don't get that opportunity anymore unless it's special invitation only. And everybody goes, oh, this open train can't practice at the link is great. Uh, personally, as someone who went to Lehigh all those years, it's terrible. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't for people that have been around for a while. Um, yeah, training camp was the one uh, point of the year where you could get up close to the players, and this is every NFL team. Um, and that's changed. Everything's changed here. You know, part of it is they don't have a good facility. I mean, they don't. They need a new facility. Uh, when you compare it. Um, to some of the other newer facilities around the NFL that and Baltimore's are, got a nice one, by the way. Yeah, well, Baltimore's eighteen a, practices. The Ravens are going to have. You, open. you, you got to have. You got to have a room. You got to have room to do it. They don't have room to do it. Uh, number one, but they take advantage of that. That look. That, that, it's not because oh we would do it. No, they like it. They like to limit. Uh, they like to limit us. They like to limit fans. I talk about it all the time. And it's not going back. I mean, if they do, you know, when the Super Bowl, when Super Bowl 52 was out in 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 Minneapolis, uh, we got to tour uh, the Vikings at the time, new facility. That thing's like a little city. You got like a high school stadium. You got, you, they, they, they have all this room um, where they can invite the fans in. The Eagles don't have that. I don't think they want it to be honest, uh, if they do move out to the suburbs at some point, and by that I mean their practice facility, and they have the room and they build this glorious palace that some other teams have, I still don't think they're going back. I don't. I don't. That's well, just, then I think least... doing it's a service to the Eagles fans. Oh, yeah, of yeah. course. I think, that's course. Why Chief, I think that's why Chiefs fans are so passionate about their football team because – they still do that stuff. They have their – and they have an outdated practice – well, they only go to their – well, the one their practice facility is outdated, but they go away from training Now, camp. who knows? Maybe it changes when Julian takes over. Maybe he's more in touch. You know, who knows down the road. But this regime, and it's it would be years if they broke ground tomorrow would be years. Um, it, it's not going to change with this particular regime. Okay. And, yeah, Jody, I mean, of course it's a disservice – to the fan base, I I don't think there's any doubt about that. I I think Eagles fans deserve better. I I really do. I I feel they deserve to see this team all the time. And you know, it's and we always say it from our media side, John. You know, we have to put phones away, which for for good reason. But you know, fans can take videos that they want, and they have every right to do that. But I can tell you firsthand, the Eagles don't like it. No, they hate it. But they try to stop it at Novacare. They try to have all the security guards stop it. They can't stop it at like can't Lincoln. Stop Fin everybody. <laughs> at Lincoln Financial Field, the open practice, that's where it's really laughable. We have to put away our phones, but if you're in the stands, the fans tape the whole practice. They do the whole practice and everybody's seeing it anyway. So I, I remember someone got a video, I think it was like of a deep pass that it was here last year, two years ago, and someone said, You should be a member of the media. You get better than me. I'm like no, he can't because if he did that, he wouldn't be able to get that video. <laughs> so let, let me ask both you guys. I think I know the answer, but I just want you guys to go on the record with it. 
the reason the Eagles are the way that they are, that they, you're suggesting that it's never going backwards, and as long as the current group who's in charge of the Eagles is in charge, it's not going to change. They believe that it's a competitive advantage to oh, yeah. not have their... Absolutely. Absolutely. Jody, they are, they are 10 times more secretive than the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> So um, so let me ask you this question. Is it an embarrassment that they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs last year with, as John McMullen and many others stated, the better team? And they had the advantage of uh, keeping things under wrap as compared to Kansas City, who, as Jeff just told us, has these open practices. Everybody knows their business. Does that mean that, that last year's loss was even more painful because they should have won because they have this competitive advantage of secrecy? No, because it's not. I'll let Jeff answer. It's not a competitive advantage. The fact yeah. that they think so it Jeff is. So Jeff Laurie's a dope is what you're telling me. Well, he's not a dope. Yeah, he's Here's not a dope. The <laughs> Here's the thing, Jody. They didn't do it purposefully. Um, and, you know, when they moved back to to the Novacare complex, it wasn't purposefully for a competitive advantage. Doug just said, you know what? We don't want to travel. What do, you know, there's not enough time. Um you know, back in the old days when training camp was a month long and you got everybody together, it was more of a logistical thing. Now as they got it back there, they just liked it more and more. And 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 now it's become uh and 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 they're way too secretive. A, it's not a competitive which is it convenience or secretive? Which which one is more important? It started as convenience, it turned into um they like it. John, um, were you there the day it was Chip Kelly's first year and it was after training camp and when basically everybody was tweeting everything about practice and they just basically put the kibosh on everything. All right, you guys get 10 minutes. That's it. You're out of here. Were you, yeah. you there that day? Um, well, Chip was the first to do. Chip was the first yeah. to bring it back. And then Doug had the option. They gave Doug the option. And Doug's like, no, I'm not going back. Um so it, it turned into um, it, it convenience, as I said, and then more of, of they, they turned into liking it uh, and, and the way it turned out and the way they could limit bands and, 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 and do it the way they do it. And again, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, um, this regime is never going back. Now, if things change, it's always open-ended. But this particular regime, no. And to Jody's point, it's never an embarrassment to lose to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So it's never an embarrassment. But uh, are they disappointed they lost? Of course. Um, so should the, should the Eagles have done a better job of spying Kansas City's practices back in June? Because Kansas City opened his arms and said, everybody, come on in, videotape whatever you want. Whereas the Eagles don't let anybody get anywhere. I don't know what Kansas City does, number one. They're not letting people video the entire practice. Um, No, um, they're they're definitely not. At least media people, um, because they don't have to. You got to sneak a fan in there. You got to get somebody from the Dirty 30 to throw on a Kansas City Chiefs shirt and go to their practices and get some secret video for a potential Super Bowl matchup. I I hate to break down the fourth wall if this is a fourth wall for people. But what you do in July has no bearing on what happens if you're lucky enough to be playing in February. Nothing 
you've done in July is meaningful to what's going on in February. So I'm guessing Andy Reid would disagree with you, John. Not from the standpoint, I'm not saying it's not important. You got to build your team. I'm saying if 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 Nick Sirianni was I don't know if you want to call it forward thinking to have a spy in Kansas City, what you're trying to in July, it's not going to help them in February. It's not going to help them in February. Helps Kansas City build their team. That's different. Again, offseason is for teaching. Uh, training camp is is for evaluation. Uh, regular season is for, for game prep on that particular opponent. This assumption that you're you're preparing for Kansas. We had this discussion that you're preparing for Kansas City in July. Ain't that, that, nah. that doesn't work that way? Doesn't work that way in the NFL. I still remember at Super Bowl week, just going to both practices. I would ask a bunch of Chiefs players in the morning, and they're like, "You know what? We honestly really started looking at the Eagles stuff after they won, and after you know, it was basically that Monday." Because Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, a lot of those guys were like, they didn't realize like how good the Eagles front was. And they're like, okay, like we got to be on our, you know, we got to make sure we get the calls right. We got to make sure we could do this and that right. And Patrick Mahomes even admitted as such. He goes, look, they got, they put up multiple fronts on defense that you just got to be ready for. And I, I think Patrick Mahomes said, look, if I'm going to beat this team, I ain't beating them throwing the ball 20, 30 yards downfield. So what is this year's Kansas City Chiefs Philadelphia Eagles in-season game going to be like if they're both the favorites to win their conferences and get back to a Super Bowl? I know it's been a while since we had a Super Bowl repeat, but you're better at this stuff than I am, Kerr. Uh, Cowboys-Bills, the last time they ran it back two years in a row, same two teams. I'm trying to remember there hasn't last... been another rematch since, has there? No, no, there has been. I'm trying to remember the last one. I, I want to say it was oh, – man, I really got to go back here. So, let's see. Same two teams in the Super Bowl yeah. two years running. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think. It, there it, there was one recently, but it wasn't it, – it definitely wasn't Eagles – it might have been Patriots-Falcons. I think that was no nah, Falcons weren't in the Super Bowl. No nah, Falcons, yeah Falcons. I, I everything runs together, but I yeah. think <clears> the, last the, the hype of this game is going to be insane for a Week Eleven game, just because of the Super Bowl that both these teams just played, and you got two of the game's best quarterbacks, and the Eagles and Chiefs are more than likely going to be near the top of their conference, if not at the top of their conference in Week Eleven. Yeah, and that's really the only, you know, I you know, regular season games. And again, I always say, you know, from a from a standpoint of you want to beat a good team, you want to send a message, it's a big deal. Um and you might need it to be the number 1 seed, which is a bigger deal because that's the goal. Um but if you're going to lose a game, you always want to lose it against an AFC team. If you're in the NFC and vice versa, if you're going to lose a game, it's better to lose an NFC to an NFC team if you're an AFC team, just from tie-breaking and all that kind of procedure. Now, if you're threatening to go 17-0, you want to go 17-0. But, um, and, and that's why we were talking about what are the most important games on the schedule. I can't put Kansas City in that category because they're an AFC team, other than maybe from a – um, 
bragging rights standpoint, revenge standpoint, all, all intangible stuff. Like you, you can't lose to San Francisco if you're going to be jockeying for that number one seed. Um, you can't lose to Dallas if you want to win the NFC East. Um, and those are your first goals. The first goal, obviously, win the division, win the conference. And as we all know, we've seen the Eagles win the conference, Super Bowl 52, Super Bowl 57. What did that have in common? Number one seed, everybody's got to come to Lincoln Financial Field. That's, oh, uh, that's, Joe, that's Jody, I got the answer for you. So Seattle-Denver was the last Super Bowl rematch the following year. That was Green Bay, New England, then Dallas, Buffalo. So those were the last three. Green Bay, New England? In 97, they met in week nine. Oh, no. Either you misunderstood my question or... No, he meant back-to-back Super Bowl. Back-to-back Super Bowls, playing the same team. Oh, oh, okay. I I thought you meant Super Bowl rematch, like the following... No, 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 no. no, no. Okay, yeah. No. I was talking yeah, about yeah, the so, same yeah, so two back teams. to back it would be Dallas Buffalo. So That's yeah, what I thought. Yeah, um, uh, and here to John's point about the most important game. In the moment, at the time, playing an AFC team because of tiebreakers, yes, NFC games are more important than AFC games. That's a given. But if at the end of the season you play it out, and let's say the Eagles win the, uh, the, the home field advantage in the NFC by two games. They go 15 and two and nobody else goes 13 and three. But then we get to the Super Bowl and they're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, yeah. The most important in the ga- game of the season was when you played the Kansas City Chiefs. It, before you know the way it's going to play out, you have to take tiebreakers into consideration. After the fact, you could look back and go, damn, we should have won that Kansas City game. Yeah, we give them a little bit of a mental edge because they beat us. That's one of the only two games we lost all year. You don't know it at the time, but you can at the end of the season say, yeah, the most important game we played in the regular season was against an AFC opponent if you are playing them in a Super Bowl rematch. Not necessarily. I mean, that that goes back to the intangible stuff. You know, is it intangible? Some people say it's hard to beat a team twice. Some people say it's hard to beat a team three times. The Eagles disproved that theory. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it didn't work for the Giants. Oh, it's hard to beat a team three times. Yeah, you know what's funny? I I did a story that week, and actually teams that beat somebody three times in the season that swept them in the regular season, they're 14-7 and all time, now 15-7. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not. Turns out, if you beat a team twice, you're probably much better than that team. And yeah. More often yeah. than not, you're going to beat them the third time, which makes common sense. But at Jeff Kerr CBS, I'll leave it here because it is list season. I didn't get to this list. Uh, the most, uh, I guess, the best list I saw in recent days was over at NFL.com. Off-season stories that are overblown. And number three was the Eagles losing both coordinators. Now, which is it? Did you lose the Super Bowl because of one quarter or it's <laughs> overblown because you lost both, both coordinators? Um, overblown or not, losing both coordinators. Overblown. I agree. And, yeah. So I was actually on uh, one of the Cardinals' uh, big podcast last week. We were talking about the Gannon move and all that and all the tampering and whatnot. And they go – do Eagles fans even care that he's gone? Like, why does everybody make such a big deal? He, he's not there. This is Arizona. I'm like, I don't know. I don't think – I think they're going to miss Shane Steich a lot more than Joppa Cam, but that's just my opinion. Agreed. That's why I disagree with our buddy Eric at home. Uh, Eric, Eric's unless, good too, by the way. Yeah. 
Ed's a friend and he, Eric's a friend comes on the show and does a good job whenever he's on with us. We don't know what kind of play caller the new offensive coordinator is going to be for the Eagles. We know that Shane Steichen was very good at it. And uh, that will be something that I think will be under the microscope. It will be scrutinized. It could turn out to be a non-big deal, but until we actually see results, yeah, I'm, I'm going to still consider it a pretty damn big deal because they're going to have a different uh, trigger puller calling the Eagles plays this year. We'll see how that plays out. Jeff Kerr, always a pleasure, brother. Keep wearing your Philly red. Thanks for hopping on with us today. No problem, guys. By the way, it is list season. It is ranking season. Rank the top 10 tackles in the NFL, top 10 guards, and I get to do uh, – or interior linemen, I should say. And then I'm doing edge defenders this week. I'm ranking the best defensive oh, units in football. Oh. So, so expect now, the you're on vacation on next week, though, right? We can't get on, you back to. Oh yeah, I got I got bowling nationals next week. We'll, uh, we'll see how we'll see how much I'm humbled by the pros. And he's uh, he's got the app downloaded, so he doesn't have to do the math for his uh, bowling shot. The strike percentage will probably be about thirty five percent on the pro shot. Let's hey, just put it that way. Geez, he's he's appling up. All right, Jeff Kerr, thanks much. That's Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports here with us on. Birds 365. All right, uh, coming back, we still got plenty to sink our teeth into, including talking to Ed Kratz. Oh, we got to get into your uh, top 25 list. John and Ed listing the 25 best Eagles working from the bottom up because we had a weekend. We got three new names to add to the list. We'll do that when we come back here next on Birds 365. Imaginations run wild, and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind, and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. 
And if you join our Winter Watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name's Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing, the second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs, and then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. With Guy McMullen, I'm Gary McDonald. You got Mega Max holding down birds 365 here for you this summer. Not much going on in the Eagles world. In the NFL in general, it's the downtime. So uh, how do you create some conversation about the National Football League at this time? Put together a list. Rankings, ratings, having some fun, putting guys in specific orders. And John is doing just that with his buddy Ed Kratz, who's going to join us coming up in about 15 minutes from now on the 25 best Philadelphia Eagles on their roster going into the season. And John and Ed are doing it right here, right now, which means we don't know that these guys are going to be Philadelphia Eagles. By the time we get to training camp, there could be additions. There could be subtractions. You never know, but you do it in a moment and you put them in a specific order and you have some fun talking about it. Uh, as per the top 25 from the bottom up, uh, Ed and John had Kenny Gainwell at number five, Nick Morrow at number 24, Reed Blankenship, number 23 and Terrell Edmonds at uh, number 22. I felt bad that John's doing all this work, even though Ed's probably doing the heavy lifting. Um, Actually, so I said, I'm doing I got the heavy couple... lifting. Come on, I'm doing the math. The math you is are? the hard part. You, 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 math. You... Too much math conversation today. I apologize. Cratch palmed that off on you and made yeah. you do the, uh, yeah. the, the addition and subtraction and division, I should say. Yeah. Um, so I felt bad. So I said, all right, I got to come up with my own 25, top 25 list. So I did, um, a couple different at the bottom. I had Zach Mack on my list. I think that, uh, he's going to get a chance to play both inside and outside this year. Now there's a chance that the Eagle corners will all stay healthy and Zach Mack will be a special teamer only, but somehow Avante Maddox always seems to get hurt. So uh, I think Zach Max is going to actually be a, a bit of a contributor this year. And I put Kristen Ellis on instead of late Nicholas Morrow because I don't have faith that Nicholas Morrow is going to be a starting Eagle linebacker. Now you can't rate Patrick Queen, the guy who I will continue to beat the drum for, but I think the Eagles should acquire until they acquire him. So you can't put him on the list. So I think uh, there's a good chance that Christian Ellis could end up playing uh, more than Nicholas Morrow. Funny that I had the same exact two guys that John and Ed had, just in different order. I put Terrell Edmonds at 23 and Reed Blankenship at 22. John and Ed had uh, Blankenship at 23 and uh, the other starting safety, if he ends up being the starting safety, which I think he will, Terrell Edmonds at uh, 22. So we agreed that the safety slotted in there just in reverse order. All right, John, at number 21. On your list, and we're three deep this uh, today because uh, the weekend included. You guys are coming out with a new guy every single day. Twenty-one on your list is who? 
Jake Elliott, baby. Kickers count. 21, Jake Elliott. Um, you know, I, I always say everything's about definitions, right? So this list is about the best players on the Eagles. And, and that means, to me, it means the best at their particular jobs. And kickers count. And to be honest, he, 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 he might he, you know, even I have a little bit of a, a, a kicker conundrum when you're talking about best football players, but you could argue he, he should be higher on the list, uh, but he certainly deserves to be on the list. Been incredibly consistent, was a fifth round pick of Cincinnati for people who forgot uh, back in 2017, lost out to Randy Bullock at the time, big mistake, Cincinnati. Came here. A lot of people argue Caleb Sturgis got hurt, for those who don't remember. And Jake Elliott took over, never gave the job back. Was that Sturgis wasn't bad. He wasn't a bad kicker. No, he had a good – he had one good year. Then he kind of struggled a little bit. Jake came in. It was late September he made that 61-yard field goal against the Giants. A lot of people say that was the sort of liftoff towards the Super Bowl. Um. That was obviously an Eagles record at the time. It was the seventh longest kick, I think, in history. It was the third longest game-winning walk-off kick in history. Um, you know, he, he just had a tremendous rookie season, set the record for – set the franchise record for the longest kick, postseason kick against Atlanta. Two longest Super Bowl kicks for a rookie ever in the Super Bowl. And – He's just been incredibly consistent. He had one bad season, 2020, like everybody. Doug Peterson's like, he was bad. And then he bounced right back. Basically, 83 to 90% field goal percentage every year. Already has the record for most 50-yard field goals. Lap David Akers early in that category. He's just a great kicker. And he's one of the best players on this team, but he plays kicker. So, but he deserves to be on this list. And I would argue, you know, if you just took out the importance and it's tough to do and importance should be involved. Um, it's hard. And, and especially for this Eagles team, because they want to go for it all the time, even with a good kicker, but to have a consistent kicker when you have to kick it, um, it's really important, and he's been lights out. He's been really, really good. Now, I'm pretty sure you and I, you, uh, you, I, and Ed, as a matter of fact, look at it the same way in trying to put this list together. It's the importance of the player and how good he is as compared to his other teammates and how good he is compared to the other players in the league that play his position. So it's a combination of those two things. Where does he fit as an eagle? Where does he fit as a kicker? Jake Elliott fits pretty high on both of those lists. So he's going to be on my list slightly higher than where you guys had him, but he's definitely on my list. All right, who do you have at number 20 if Jake Elliott's number 21? Well, on here, I'm going to contradict myself because it becomes um, it becomes complete projection here, almost complete projection projection um and nicobe dean came in at uh number 20 now i on my personal list i jake one spot ahead of nicobe for that reason um but ed kind of bumped him up a little bit 
I think, you know, the hope is that the Georgia Nicobe Dean comes in to Philadelphia. He certainly showed um, the instincts that we all have been told about in a very limited time frame uh, when he played in this 34 snaps last season. But yeah, that one's a little bit projection. Uh, but I do think he's going to be a, a very good player. Um, and he comes, and for the Eagles' sake, he better become a, a, a very good player. I think when we're talking about this list next year, um, he's going to be much higher uh, than number 20. So, bit of a projection, but Nicobe comes in at number 20. I think you got to do that. If you're not doing projection, then you're going to be right having a list that's at the end of the year, you're going to go, whoa. How how do we have this guy this high? How do we have this guy that low? He, he played play much better. It's a balancing act. You got to balance against what they already have achieved and what you think they're going to achieve for the upcoming season. Yeah, there's a pretty good projection on the Kobe Dean, and not surprising, my projection is higher than the combination of yours and Ed's. He's on my list. Uh, I haven't gotten there just yet. All right, and who do you have at number nineteen, Johnny Mac? Uh, Georgia, Georgia, number 19 is Jordan Davis. Um, you know, we've talked about him a lot on this show. Uh, I think there's a lot of a of, of weird sort of assumption that he didn't play well last season. The biggest issue with Jordan Davis was not that he didn't play well. The conditioning issues that we all worried about um, came into play. Uh, then the injury uh, came into play, the high ankle sprain. Then they brought in Linball Joseph, and uh, the Eagles were in Super Bowl or bust mode when Linball came in, and, and they just defaulted to the veteran player. Um, and when Jordan came back, he wasn't 100%, but he got better and better, got healthier and healthier. And when he was on the field, he played well mm-hmm. for his job. I think PFF had him 27 of, of 120-something. Solid. Um, didn't play a lot. And there's a couple reasons. And he talked about this to Jordan Davis's credit. That's the one thing about Georgia. I saw Baldy, Brian Baldinger, talking about this. I don't know if it's this strict, so but I'll I'll just say what Baldy said. He said at Georgia, and I don't I didn't watch every game, so I don't know if this is the case, but it's close. All their defensive linemen never played more than four consecutive snaps at, at one time. I don't know if it's that degree, but they rotated a lot. So everybody from Trayvon Walker, who was the number one pick in, in the 2022 draft, to Jalen Carter, who was arguably the best, most talented player in this draft, Everybody on that defensive line, Nolan Smith, everybody didn't play a lot when it came to numbers. And I think that's a bigger deal with Jordan because he's 350 pounds. So he, 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 to his credit, he said the two things he had to work on were strength and conditioning. Um, and because he's got to play, he played 250, 60, somewhere in that range. He's got to play over 700 snaps this year. Um, if he's healthy, you hope health. Remember that number, he missed a month. So that number's really, really would have been 
you add 100 snaps, what really would have been about 360, 350, 360 um, if, he, if he stayed healthy. So I'm saying through 17 games, if he's out there, that number's got to double, essentially. Can he, can, can he have that conditioning? Um, the hope is he can. Um, they don't have the safety net, at least yet, uh, for his position. And then the second part, you and I have talked about this ad nauseum, Jody. People have to understand his role. So for people looking for big tackle numbers and big sack numbers, that's not his role. His role is to make things easier for Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat and Brandon Graham and, and, and Nolan Smith and N'Kobe Dean and Nicholas Morrow or Christian Ellis or who, who, whomever is playing linebacker. That's his role, and he does it effectively. I mean, he's another guy who should be higher on next year's list. I uh, I think you're a little optimistic on the number of snaps he's going to play this year because if I'm a betting guy, at some point Jordan Davis is going to get hurt again. We'll see. If he plays 17 straight games, I'll give my mea culpas at the end of the year, but I'm going to miss. He say he's going to miss a little time, and I think even though with Javon Hargrave out, they've still got depth at the tackle position. I don't know if they're going to increase his numbers that much, but here's what I like most about Jordan Davis last year. And you're right, John. Uh, your own way of evaluating and trusting pro football focus and the like. Jordan Davis comes in, plays well early. Eagles are stout against the run. Get him off the field. Keep his uh, uh, participation limited to first down. Um, things were going well till he got hurt. Um, then came back and had to build up his stamina, get his conditioning. Up. End of the year when, yeah, he had basically lost snaps to a veteran. Linval Joseph came in to replace him while he was hurt. I think he played much more motivated. I think he took a challenge and played better at the end of the year because, oh, shoot, I got hurt. And all of a sudden, I, I wasn't playing all that much to begin with. Now I'm even playing less. I better make plays while I'm out there. That uh, buoyed me. So that's why I, like you, have Jordan Davis in the exact same spot, number 19. You had Jake Elliott at 21. I've got him at 20. I've got him slightly higher. The guy I had at 21, and you guys haven't run him down yet. You're going to have to stay tuned to find out if he is in the top 18 for uh, John and Ed. I think Milton Williams is going to be a factor. That's one of the reasons why I don't know that uh, Jordan Davis is going to make that 700 and change snap mark that you think. Uh, Milton kind of had a major step up year last year. This is his contract year. Uh, I think the coaching staff likes him a great deal. I like the fact that he can go both inside and outside. The Eagles don't really need him as much outside because they've got enough uh, pass rushing edge guys. But kind of like Brandon Graham, he can go both inside and outside. Best inside more so than outside. But the flexibility adds to what he can deliver for this team. I got Milton Williams on my list. I got him at number 21. Well, I can give you, he, he is on our list. Milton's going to be oh, so on So you got list. Milton even higher than I do. Yeah, I, I like Milton. Milton's a very good player. But I will say this. If Milton's taking snaps away from Jordan Davis, things are not going well. Things are not going how they're projected to be. They play two completely different positions. That's one of my issues and why Jordan Davis is so important. And, and you saw it with Javon Hargrave, year one of the Jan, Jonathan Gannon defense versus year two. 
year one, he had to play a lot of nose tackle, a lot of one technique, a lot of shade technique, not good at it. And he honestly played too much of it last year, not good at it as a run defender. Great three technique, you know, four eye. That's where Milton's got to be. Um, Fletcher, same way. That's the problem. At, as deep as they are at defensive tackle, Fletcher Cox, Milton Williams, if you want to go down, even if you want to go down to Contavious Street, who's an NFL-level player, um, and they signed him to be depth, and you don't necessarily need it. And Jalen Carter, obviously, most notably, they all can't do what Jordan does. They're all different players. They're all Jalen's probably the best equipped. Jalen could probably do anything, but and and if forced, they would probably put Jalen. But they want Noah Ellis or somebody of that nature to be the backup, and that's why where people always brought up. Well, they brought in Linval Joseph and Indomik and Sue when when Jordan got hurt. I, I never say Indomik and Sue because Indomik and Sue wasn't playing Jordan's position. Yeah, he's not Linval, playing his position Linval, either. Linval, right. Linval was. Um, he plays a different position than those guys. Jalen Carter could persevere. So I'm not as concerned, and I'll probably do it better than than Javon did. But they're two completely different positions. They really are. So then let me ask you this question, and we're going to punch up Ed Kratz, the other compiler of the list that John and Ed have going on SportsIllustrated.com. What's the chance that they reach out to Linval Joseph come mid-September, October, November? Linval's doesn't want to show up for camp. Wants to come in at some point. He'll keep himself in shape. You just check on him and make sure he's doing that. But uh, if if they're that position specific, the attributes necessary to play that position of the concept that the Eagles play on their defensive line, any chance that even though they have as many quote unquote defensive tackles as they do, do they want to reach well, out? Well, Marlon to too. I should have brought up Marlon. Marlon's a guy, you know. For all the talk about um, they brought in Linball because Jordan got hurt, they, they it, yes, but also Marlin got hurt as well, um, and that factored into it. So Marlin Tui Pelotu is a part of it as well. Noah Ellis, if 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 Noah uh, craps the bed, he's not a good player, which is you know we haven't seen him. He's he tore his Achilles last year. He's back. He was at practice. Uh, for the first time at that second OTA. If Marlin's not healthy coming from a PCL injury, yeah. I mean, Linball's on speed dial. Um, but those are the guys that have to play nose tackle on the 50 front. You don't want – if you got Milt Williams playing that, something's gone drastically, drastically wrong. How many uh, – if you know off the top of your head, and Eddie will get to you, we promise – percentage of snaps they played that 50 front last year um i don't have uh, i can well, I'm, yeah, I'm just asking you to it's give me probably off the top 30, of your head it's probably 30 30 30% somewhere right. in that range so it's it's not an insignificant number but no. it's not 50% either no, it's so a first it is, and second it is down kind of special and that's that's the argument with jordan davis look people are going to say to be the number 13 overall pick, you can't be a two-down player. We hear that all the time. You have to be a three-down player. I hear it. I understand why people say that. But, you know, from the argument, I've heard some really smart people, uh, Paul Domowicz being one, 
I think Ed Kratz is smarter than me, that he could be this great pass rusher. But if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, and I've heard Damo specifically say, kick him outside because he's so athletic. A, he's so raw. And you have, you want to take away reps from who? Who? Reddick? Sweat? Graham? Smith? Legitimate edge rushers for a raw guy because he's a great athlete? Doesn't make any sense to me. If he, right. tur- if he turns in to Holodi Nada, that's the comp I always give, or Vita Bea, I, I, 13's, I'm fine with 13. And uh, John and I, if you're just tuning in here <laughs> to Birds 365, we got off on a tangent now. We're number one about math. That when math takes over, it's a bad thing in sports, <clears> NFL, whatever else. I'll do you a little math right here, right now. Uh, you said that you think the Eagles were in 50, uh, about 30% of the time. Uh, but then you said uh, Davis can't be a two down play. It's got to be a three down play. If he's no, playing. I say that. I said a lot of people said that. A lot of not people. Not, not you said yeah. that. Right, right. I don't want to misquote you. You said a lot of people said. If you're only in the defense that he's stellar at 30% of the time, he's not a two-down player. He's a one-down player. If you continually put the other team in second and 12, guess what? He's <laughs> off the field on hey. second and 12. Yeah, and guess what? If you're If you're in second and 12 or third and 10, the Eagles will take that, man, yeah, and they will pretty, be happy. Pretty, pretty good overall success if you're yeah. uh, putting the other team in that kind of uh, situation, uh, possession in, possession out. All right, Ed Kratz is waiting. He's good to us. We're good to him. I'm going to pick uh, holes in his list that he's made with John McMullen when he joins us next. We'll have some fun with Ed Kratz here on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? 
yes really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, got fake them Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Solid half hour here to round out uh, our Monday edition of Birds 365. IDK, I saw you wrote in uh, your latest post on SI.com that Kaylee Ringo not signed with the Philadelphia Eagles uh, the, the, over the last several years. The second round picks have become the ones that have most often been the largest group of not signing because they try to get language in there. Uh, the first round picks, the first round picks, and they're all, uh, all slotted in and don't seem to be near as hard to sign as they used to be. You have camp holdouts, guys not show up and whatever. First round, not nearly as big a deal as it used to be. And the second round, it's become the debatable. Kaylee Ringo was a fourth round pick. Why haven't deals gotten him done yet? Yeah, listen, I don't think it's time to panic or anything, right? I mean, he's only one of two. I just think it's curious that, you know, the Eagles typically do a good job of getting their their rookies signed pretty quickly. In fact, we saw them do it with Jalen Carter and Tanner McKee and uh, Moro Ojomo. They were signed before uh, the first snap of rookie minicamp back in early May. Um, You know, they got six of their seven signed, but Ringo's still out there unsigned and we're down less than a month now before camp. And he's only one of two fourth round picks that haven't signed break Blake Freeland, the offensive tackle that the Indianapolis Colts took right after Ringo. He remains unsigned, but you know why he's not Ringo hasn't signed. (laughs) No, right. And Ringo hasn't signed. So this, those two fourth rounders uh, have not signed. I just think it's curious that, you know, he's still out there. I don't know what the holdup could be, but again, there's still, what, 29 days or 30 days before camp begins. I think it's more concerning that you mentioned the first-round picks. Bryce Young's not signed. C.J. Stroud's not signed. Anthony Richardson's not signed. I mean, these are franchise quarterbacks that are still unsigned. So, you know, that's something to watch as well. I just think Ringo will get signed and he'll be in here. It's just curious, and we'll probably get to the bottom of it once camp begins is what took a little longer than might have been expected. Yeah, the, the the wiggle room where there is wiggle room, it's always quarterbacks in the first round. Second round, there's usually top of the second. If you remember, Landon Dickerson signed two days before camp as a rookie, um, something like that. Uh, I'd have to look it up exactly. Yeah. And then top of the fourth round, which is where Kaylee is, there's a little bit of wiggle room. It usually has to do with offset language, which is – I always say it's the 
equivalent of an old married couple arguing just to argue because it doesn't matter. It never comes into play. Um, but they argue for the sake of arguing. It wouldn't surprise me now because everybody's on vacation if he doesn't sign till right before camp. But he will sign. Yeah. Um, I would not worry about it. He will sign and he'll be in for the start of training camp. Those are the spots, though. Quarterbacks, as you mentioned at the top of the draft, they're always early second round, early fourth round. It's a little bit more wiggle room, but I mean, it it'll get done. I wouldn't I wouldn't worry. It's not the old days where legitimate holdouts happen all the time. And those, but those first round picks, those quarterbacks, they have some more issues because um, quarterbacks obviously hold a lot of power as opposed to other positions. Now, we were talking about our top 25 list as we're going through it now, Ed Kratz. Um, number 21, and I always have a problem with this because kickers aren't real kick football players, but, man, Jake Elliott's good. <laughs> uh, how do you weigh that when you're going down it? Because if you're just going by, hey, who's the best at their particular position on this team? Jake probably belongs even higher than that, to be honest. Yeah, well, we, I mean, we already know, like, he's the best ping pong player and the best yeah. golfer. I mean, the, the guy's just a, an athlete, uh, you know, so many different things. Um, but I weigh it as he's a very important piece to, to the Eagles, uh, you know, winning and losing. He <clears throat> called on to make some big kicks during the course of the season, and, you know, he delivers. More often than not, Jake Elliott delivers. So, I don't have a problem putting him, uh, you know, in my top 25. Don't think I'd ever put him in the top 20, but I think the 20 to 25 range uh, is just fine for a kicker as good as Jake Elliott. And we talk a lot about the devaluing of positions in the National Football League, uh, running back certainly across the entire National Football League, linebacker specifically at the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that the kickers devalued across the National Football League is a mistake. That the Eagles are in a good position because they've got one of the best kickers in the National Football League in Jake Elliott. I think, uh, it, it, and it should be compensated significantly because you're in a no-win situation. When you kick a 61-yard field, you're expected to make it. When you miss a 45-yard field goal, get, cut him, get him out. They'd send him on a, a rail out of town. It, it's not win-win. It's borderline lose-lose or lose. Uh, nobody cares when you make the field goal. Yeah. I think it's completely unfair. I wonder if we were doing a Baltimore list, how high would Tucker go? Uh, that that I'd have to look at the team, but, man, they're a good team. But he'd be pretty stinking high if it were me. Should I mean, be. Yeah, it's yeah, a good point. I mean, when a drive stalls out, you know, on the other <laughs> side of the 50, it's great to have a weapon that you can bring in like Tucker and, you know, even even Elliott. Uh, but listen, a kicker needs to make all of his PATs, too. Right. I mean, yeah. I think Elliott was perfect on those last year or two years ago. I mean, that you see, I think he was guys, 50, he made 51 out of 53 last year. The 51 was a franchise record. So he did miss a couple, I believe. I have to double check. Uh, yeah. But he's really good. He's really good. He, he really missed some more uh, bad snaps and or blocks. Yeah, well, that's another sometimes thing. You have to look at yeah. Sometimes, either. yeah. 
it's a battery thing, and Rick Lovato is a big part of it. Aaron Sipas is a big part of it. You know, they talk about his holding. Now, when you talk about a punter's holding first, it's it's similar to talk about a receiver's blocking. It's like, all right, great. <laughs> but yeah. you know, you, you gotta be a better punter. Aaron Sipas just as a is not gonna make the top twenty five list, by the way. And, ne- oh. and neither is a long snapper, let's face it. You know, long no. Rick, yeah, Rick Rick's Rick, maybe, Rick does a good job, but that's yeah. what you're supposed to do. I mean, if you're not doing it, you're not gonna be employed very long. But you know, long snappers to me are players that will never make my top twenty five, I would say. Yeah. That's a good point because Rick's been a pro bowl player and yeah, it's difficult. If you're just saying everything comes down to definition. So you try, it's a balancing act, you know, is Rick one of the top five play 25 players uh, doing his job the best? Probably, probably, but I can't put him on the list. You know what else I can't do is name another long snapper in the league. Uh, can anybody? I mean, <laughs> who yeah, can? So, I, don't know. Um, I only Trent know Andrew DePaulo. I only know Andrew DePaulo because he's from Rutgers and he made the Pro Bowl. And Rick told me he was the best long snapper. That's the only reason I can name him. Uh, and that's the only reason. That's yeah. Only we have John. Uh, just an aside. Uh, we need to find out who is the best long snapper evaluator. In the world, and we got to get him as a guest. Well, I went to it another long snapper. I figured Rick would know that the guy from Baltimore, Morgan Cox. I don't know if he he might have retired. He was a big deal too. Um, yeah, he was. A no, big we, deal. we we need to have someone on to break down every single aspect of long snapping and uh, what makes a long snapper great, and or the reason that you lose your long snapper chops and uh, you you need to be looking for another occupation. We will get that done for you here on Birds 365, we promise. Uh, I, uh, Eddie Kratz, John mentioned this earlier, our pal Eric Edholm from uh, 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 com had a an article on overstated stories that are getting too much attention, stories that are not getting enough attention. And he said, the fact that the Eagles lost both their offensive coordinators being a little overhyped, that it's not as big a deal as it is being made in some quarters. I am. Uh, I love my guy. E. Yeah, I think he's wrong about this one. I think it is a big deal with the Philadelphia Eagles this year. I think that the biggest aspect of it is the fact that we don't know how good a play call Brian Johnson is going to be. We know Shane Steichen did a hell of a job last year. Is that something that uh, from day one when camp opens up, we should be looking? I guess we can't even begin to judge till game starts. I might have to push it till week one of the regular season. You think uh, seamless the transition between Steichen and Johnson as play calling goes? Yeah, that I don't think it's overrated at all. I, to me, it's you know one of those issues that 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 should be concerning. Uh, you mentioned the play calling for Johnson. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more on field time for the Eagles this spring. Just to what? 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 More field time? Are you not? John I almost tore my head off. Hour number one, not changing with the Philadelphia Eagles. What do you mean? Allow more fans into practice? Not this team, the most secretive team. 
in the National Football CIA's got nothing on the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. What are you kidding? You think they're going to do more? Of course they're going to do less. Well, my thinking would be that you have a new play caller in Brian Johnson, and he's talked about the feel that Shane Steichen had for doing that job, and now he has to kind of come up with <clears throat> a feel for how – you know, the team operates and how it's performing. And, you know, I think more on-field time, getting to know the team and getting to see them execute would help him develop more of a feel going into training camp as far as how he's going to call plays. I mean, it certainly wouldn't hurt. I'm not talking about, you know, adding, you know, all this time on the field, but I would like to have seen a few more OTAs. They only had uh, six of them, I think. So, I, you know, I, I think yeah. you're allowed nine. I would have liked to have seen nine. I'd like to have seen a rookie mini. Ten. 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 Yeah. I, why not? Why not add a couple more just to help for Brian Johnson, just to get to know this team? I know he's been around for two years, but he's been a quarterback coach. I know he's been in the, you know, some of the different meetings, but still, you, you want to develop a feel like Shane Steichen had for – what you have available, and I, I certainly think it would have helped. Him. Eddie, were you were you not on that email chain? Practice activities equals injuries. No, 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 no. No matter how much sense it makes, no matter how much time to. No, 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 no. We're not putting any of our players at risk. Are you kidding me? That's the Philadelphia Eagle way, and they went to the Super Bowl last year. So hey, keep Ixnay on the practice, eh, Eddie. But yeah, listen, you better not go down that road. Your, your time at practice will be cut even more so than it already is. Yeah, I just think with new coaching, you know, new coaches in place at different spots, you know, the coordinators, of course, being the two biggest. But you have a couple, uh, you know, different coaches on defense. I mean, D.K. Elliott or D.J. Elliott, he has never coached in the NFL, right? He's a college guy, yeah. um, you know, and yeah. he's been with this team for just a couple weeks now. Um, certainly couldn't hurt. Last year, yeah. You can't argue with success. They stayed relatively healthy um, because of the practice schedule or non-practice schedule, or however you want to look at it. But they stayed relatively healthy. But they also had the same coaches in place from year one of Nick Sirianni to year two. Now you have kind of tweaked the staff. And, uh, you know, you can only learn so much from studying your guys on tape. You want to go out there and see them what they can do in action on the field. And I know you're opening yourself up to injuries. We've seen guys get hurt. I think the Jets lost uh, uh, Chuck Clark, right? Was yeah, yeah. you know with a torn ACL during OTA. So yeah, you you are opening yeah. yourself up to perhaps more injury, but uh, you know it, you have to balance it. And I, you know, if you're allowed ten and you're only doing six OTAs, maybe you could somehow come to the middle and do eight, you know, and just risk an extra two in hopes of getting your coaches a little bit more, uh, you know, acclimated with your personnel. A wise man once told me, uh, show me a good coach. I'll show you good players. Um, actually, <laughs> Nick said that, but he's not the first to say it. Um, that's why I'm I'm not as concerned. And I love Shane Steichen, Ed Kratz. I'm going to miss, you know, not getting 17 F-bombs in 20 seconds. I, I love that guy to death. I think he's a great play caller, uh, great feel for it. But, man, the Eagles are so good offensively. They lost Isaac Samalu, but they got Cam Jurgens. They lost Miles Sanders, but they got a bunch of guys uh, that could arguably even improve the position. Um, defensively, 
they not only lost the coordinator, as you brought in, if you were doing a defensive uh, depth chart on the coaching staff, they lost one, two, and three. They not only lost Gannon, they lost Denard Wilson because they didn't give him the job. And they lost Nick Rollis, who they interviewed to be a coordinator, left with, with Gannon. Those were the top three defensive coaches. They're all gone. Um, whereas you still have Brian Johnson here. You still have Kevin Petullo here. It's Nick's offense. And on top of that, you lost five defensive starters. You lost much more on the defensive side of the ball when it comes to proven talent than the offensive side of the ball. That's why I'm more concerned with the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, you're, you're making my point. You know, more on-field time. You know, you're right. You're, they lost both starting linebackers. They lost, lost both starting safeties uh, and three key coaches. I mean, yeah, it's a concern that, you know, you're going to have to get on the same page. And I'm not sure, you know, you can wait until August to start doing that. I think it has to start. Now, listen, we didn't see them. You know, they were behind the scenes a lot this spring, but we were in there twice for an hour each time, if that. So, you know, it's hard to judge what kind of work they got done in the meeting rooms and when they didn't let us in for these OTAs. So, you know, maybe they got a lot done. Maybe they were comfortable with what they had. But to me, from the outside looking in, yeah, I think it would have helped to be on the field more um, because, of you know, you're right. The defense is a concern. New coordinator, how's he going to play this? What's this defense going to look like? How is he going to utilize this personnel? The Eagles brought in a lot of new guys that all of a sudden they have to mesh and can they do it in a short period of time, really one month in the summer before the season lifts off. All right. Ed Kratz, Will, Milton Wright, not to be confused with Milton Williams. Will Milton Wright be a Philadelphia Eagle? I uh, see the receiver from Purdue. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I know you posted about that last week, so I figured you had a ready-made <laughs> opinion on whether Milton Wright should be a supplemental draft pick for the Eagles or not. I, listen, I think they'll put a bid in. Uh, you know, it's kind of like the silent auction with this supplemental draft, right? You, you don't – you put your bid in and you wait to see, you know, if you're the best bid, if you're the winning bid. I, I wouldn't put a first-round pick in them for where I'm, I'm not even sure I'd put a, a second-round pick in them, but – I put in a six-round pick. That's where I <laughs> yeah, start. Well, Listen, yeah, John, Johnny's not going. He's got to go third round. He covets those first two day uh, day two picks. Day three, day three. Yeah, yeah he's this going year. day three. I could have guaranteed round or that. Beyond, huh? Yeah. Listen, I mean, he had he was pretty productive at Purdue. I mean, he he put up good numbers. He has good size. I think he's six three, one ninety five. Um, you know. Did the Eagles like what they have as undrafted guys? Again, I go back to Joseph Nada from Clemson. I mean, he's got similar size, good production at Clemson. I mean, maybe he's a guy that works his way up. And now Devin Allen, you know, has this decision to make. You know, he ran in the Grand Prix in New York on Saturday. He might qualify for the World Track Championships in Hungary, which is August 19th to the 27th, right in the middle uh, of training camp. Uh, Devin Allen may not be on this roster uh, once training camp hits, you know, they may part ways because he still is all in on track and field. Fourth, so. uh, fourth fastest hurdle time in the world this year, by the way. Yeah. Kevin yeah I just, I just wrote about it this morning. It'll be posted on SI, but yeah, he's, um, he's a guy that I'm not sure he's going to be here. So you, you probably have an opening and Milton, Wright. You know, if, if you really like what you see from him, why not put a fourth round 
bid in on him. You, you may not get it. There might be teams who think they need oh, I think you get more it than the Eagles do, and someone will put a third round bid in. But I would certainly throw my, you know, I'd throw my dice and hope I get, uh, you know, come up craps or whatever, whatever you want to say there. But I, I would, I would certainly put a bid in on Milton. Right? You could use help at the receiver spot still. Uh, oh yeah they need help that's the only reason i'd leave i i don't know what obviously i don't know what they think of him as a player right um that it all hinges on that i mean if you got everybody goes back because the eagles drafted chris carter back in the day they gave up a fourth round pick for chris carter Eh, it's a different generation but kind of tells you that um you know obviously he was a high profile guy at the time turned into a hall of fame player um, I wouldn't count on that for Milton Wright, but I would say about Devin Allen. Re- remember when they first signed Devin Allen, and Devin said, oh, "I'm going to commit to football." And by the way, I agree with him. He's running the fourth best time in the world. Why the hell isn't he committing the track? I mean, why don't just pull the plug on Devin Allen? Exactly. Nicest kid in the world, but he's 28 years old. You can't do both, as you mentioned. Um, he's got to fight to make this team. He's got to go to the, what is it, the world championships? I, I, there's so many different uh, track meets. but Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what are they doing with Devin Allen? Well, they're giving him an opportunity. They like his traits, I guess. Uh, well, why, why wouldn't you? He can run. He, he can, can catch run, the football. But- if you're not going to use him in the in the kick return game or the punt return game, I guess there is no such thing as a kickoff return game anymore. Right. But, uh, but you know, if you're not going to use him, I'm surprised they didn't try him as a punt returner, uh, given his speed and his ability to, you know, get, you know, go from zero to 60 in about, you know, two seconds. Um, I'm, I'm surprised. But you're right. I, I think Devin Allen is probably going to go if he makes the team. And he has to go top three, I think, at some event. Uh, after the 4th of July, which I think he'll do a top three finish and he'll be on this world athletic championship team that goes to Hungary. And then he has to decide, hey, am I going to train, spend the rest of the summer training to do well at at this event? Or am I going to try to make the 53-man roster? And you're right. If you're Devin Allen, you know, you got to go with the track, right? That's what you're you're not. I would. I mean, Um, he's great. He's, He's one of the best in the world. Um, here he's a long shot. Um, yeah. 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 And, and as it plays back to Milton, Wright, Now you have an opening on your 90 man roster. Do you want to bring in another receiver? Can you perhaps get in the Milton, Wright? Um, I think it's certainly something that bears watching. And I think the supplemental draft is a July 11th, I believe. 11th, I believe. Yeah. That's scheduled. So, you know, we'll, we'll see where Milton, Wright Lands, but he's certainly a productive receiver from Purdue with size that, that could interest the Eagles. And, oh, by the way, the Eagles should do it today. They should release Devin Allen. Because what kind of percentage are we talking about him actually making the mm-hmm. team and contributing and making it? It's so minuscule. Take the pressure off the young man. Just tell him you're cut. Don't make him decide whether he's going to go to track or come back. to Cut him now. Do you really believe another team's going to swoop in and sign him? He's been here. The only contact he has with the National Football League is Eagles. So if and when he decides after he finishes up with a track, no, no, this time I really mean it. This time I'm going to concentrate on football. 
He's going to come back to the Eagles anyway because they did him a solid by taking the hit and releasing him and saying, this is our decision that we're moving on from Devin Allen. You'd always mend that fence. So do the right thing. Go ahead and release the kid. Don't don't drag it on anymore. Don't make Ed Kratz have to continue to ask, well, what are you going to do with Devin Allen? It, just release him. Let him go out. Hurt well, him, I, I, it, the thing that I, I think he would have a legitimate chance to make this team as the fifth receiver uh, the Eagles are not deep at receiver. They're top heavy. They're great at the top, yep. but they're very top heavy. Three is Quez Watkins. Four, Alameda Zacchaeus. Five is Britton Cubby, who Ed knows is nicest kid in the world, but there's some limitations there. Um, you know, and then you start talking about the Greg Wards of the world and the Tyree Clevelands and the Joseph Nadas and the Jaden Hazelwoods. I mean, I think, People don't know Devin Allen. He's not like Ronaldo Nehemiah, who just said, Hey, I can run fast. He was a good receiver at Oregon playing football. Um, he knows how to catch the football. He is a football player. Now, he took a lot of time off, mm -hmm. um, but he knows how to play football. And there's an opportunity, which is why I kind of scratch my head and say, All right, you know. It, it, I get it. If he stays with track, he's better at track. Um, but this going back and forth, he's got a legit shot if if he would commit to football. But it doesn't look like he's going to commit to football. So right. I mean, he's a two-time Olympian, right? He ran yeah. in Rio de Janeiro. He ran in Tokyo. Now you got the Paris Games coming up next summer. I mean, let's go all in there. Let's try to win a. You know. A, yeah. Yeah. Strang it on the podium there if you're Devin Allen. That's what I'd be thinking. But listen, you talk about him being a good receiver. We saw him last year in preseason, right? Didn't yeah, he have that touchdown? 55 yeah. yard touchdown catch from, yeah. I forget who the quarterback was that threw it. Um, but, you know, he, he flashed. And, yeah. and that's what kind of put him on the Eagles' radar and said, hey, you know, this guy might be able to help us. Let's keep him on the practice squad. Um, and that's what they did. And I don't know how much better he got. From that year on the practice squad, I would I would assume that he did well enough to keep that job. Um, so it's not I don't think it's as simple as the Eagles saying, all right, let's cut him. I think you want to keep him probably until he's actually made that world athletic championship team to go to Hungary. And we'll know in the middle of July or early July. I think the event that he can qualify in is July 6th to the 9th out at the University of Oregon. So we'll know you know, by then, whether he makes the team. And then if he does, then maybe you say, hey, listen, Devin, we love you. Go do your thing. You know, if you want to come back and, and give it another shot, we'll be here for you. Uh, you know, that would be the, the right thing to do. We'll see if the Eagles do that. We shall see. Uh, I'd go ahead and do it right now, but that's me because I'm not a very nice guy. Uh, <laughs> but Ed Kratz is. That's why we have him on every single week or almost every single week. Uh, Eddie, looking forward to yours and John's rest of your top 25 list. Thanks for giving us a little content on, on the show uh, during the slow to summer months, both when you hop on and with your list. Uh, what do you got planned for the rest of the week? Anything special? Well, I, on first, the beach? Yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to try to get down to that Jason Kelsey event on Wednesday at Sea Isle City. I don't think the weather is going to be the best, but I'm, I think I might try to get down there. It was a really fun time. I went down for his first one two years ago. I think him and Travis are going to be doing their uh, New Heights podcast from there um, at the OD in Sea Isle City. Great cause. Um, 
that they're raising money for guest bartender. It's a really fun time. And if you can get down there, I would certainly recommend it. So I think I'm going to try to get down there, maybe take the family down, spend the day on the beach if it's nice. And then, you know, filter up to the, uh, the OD there, the ocean drive and sea aisle and, uh, watch, watch it all play out. So that's probably on the radar. But my understanding, Jody, is you're going to be our tiebreaker uh, vote in the yeah. uh, top 25. Well, John and I, we submitted yeah. our rankings. We had a couple ties. We had a that, couple dead dead heats. So yeah. we had to bring in a tiebreaker. So I went Jody. Jody did his own list. So I said, well, let's use Jody's. Yeah. Which means um, I'm going to agree with one and disagree with the other, whoever had him ranked higher. So yeah. uh, I'll apologize in advance for ticking off whichever one of you guys. <laughs> my my yeah. vote my vote doesn't line up with. And yeah. uh, no truth to the rumor that Ed Kratz is going hunting with Carson Wentz this week. Oh, no. No. At least, at least cool. if he's going to do it, he'll be smart enough not to put it on yeah. social media, unlike Carson <laughs> Wentz. Dope. He's right, hunting that, it, for uh, hunting for a beer with Jason Kelsey. That's uh, much better. Yeah. Happier hunting. Much shots. happier Jealous hunting shots. for Ed Kratz. Yeah. Eddie, thanks, brother. We're getting right, you guys. up again soon. Thanks, Ed. SI.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. You can see our top 25 every day. And some Devin Allen stuff Ed wrote this morning. And uh, what do we got? Uh, number 19 today, which means number 18 for John and Ed tomorrow. All right, Jody Mac, Johnny Mac coming back. We need to put a bow on this show. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. 
Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Hi, I'm back, guys. Uh, wrapping up the Monday edition of Birds 365. Uh, advance notice, a couple of days this week, including tomorrow and Thursday. Uh, yours truly will not be on Birds 365. Uh, my Buddy Joe DeCamera sucked me in to go in to do a couple of days on the mornings on WIP with him. John Ritchie's off this week. So uh, DeCamera and I knowing each other a long time, including hosting. Well, he was my producer. I was the host of the Eagles pregame show on their radio network when they went to the NFC championship games four years running. That's right. I was the host of the pregame show four years. They went to four championship games. My record is almost unblemished. Um, but the camera was the producer of that show. And that was many moons ago when Andy Reid, of course, was the coach. So Joe and I go back a long time. He's asked me to come and do the show with him. So I said, yes, I leave you in the culpable, if not capable hands of culpable. Rob Ellis like is going to be filling in for you. Yeah. Uh, you and Robbie get along like me and the camera? Uh, yeah, Rob and I get along. How could you not get along with Rob, Robbie? Yeah. Tremendous job. Uh, you're going to miss Colin Thompson's going to be back tomorrow, too. I'm um, bummed. Former uh, former NFL tight end, local uh, local kid, uh, Colin Thompson. He'll be on the show. Got to wrangle up Has one more. Has he signed with anybody yet, or is he still looking? Uh, still looking. Um, so not signed, uh, but uh, always a fun time when he comes on, because obviously he's got the uh, uh, a wide range of knowledge. Plus, you know, when he went to Temple, uh, he went to Florida and he went to Temple part of his college career. Um, you know, it's big media guy does his own show. So that's what he wants to do in the future. So he's very good at it as well. And something he brings to the table that neither me nor John do actual experience playing in the NFL. McMullen never played McDonald never played. Uh, Thompson played. So uh, be tuned for that tomorrow. He'll be on Robbie E. being for me both tomorrow and Thursday. Johnny Mack, I'll be back with you on Wednesday. Have a good show tomorrow, brother. All right. Thanks. You too. We're competing. But watch uh, Burst 365 listeners. You know, uh, you, you make sure if you do listen to Jody, uh, you, you can always get us on demand. And you got to be over here at 8 o'clock. Exactly on demand. Right. Yes. On demand as well. You get uh, Johnny Mack and Rob Ellis here tomorrow on Birds 365 in 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Bird 
365. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.